Lord, we're not embarrassed to be here today. We're not intimidated by the moment. We're not overcome by the problem. We step into your presence with boldness. And we declare this is your hour. And you will not miss the target. You will not miss the purpose. We're here and you will not miss the victory. You always win and we are with you. And we are winners. We are overcomers. Because you are in us and you said greater than the world. The greater one is in us. So, Lord, we step in boldly today. We are not strangers to the anointing. We have not come for the first time, most of us. We are familiar, and so we step in as bold sons and daughters of God, and we say, Lord, in the time of need, I call for help. And I'm calling today for this season, this hour, and this world and this city you've placed us in and this street corner we're on and this neighborhood we're in and this family we're in, Lord, I'm step, I step in boldly because you have called me to make a difference. I am seed in the earth and seed always grows up. And as long as there's mankind, as long as there's history, there'll be seed time and harvest. And I'm a seed in this earth. You've cast me into this earth, and you said I would bring forth a harvest. And Lord, I speak to this house and to this people and to, this house, to the heartbeat of this church. There's seed growing in the ground. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, hear the wind blowing across the tops of those wheats, that wheat that's full in the head. And I can smell it. I can feel it. I can hear it rustling in the wind as it's blowing. It's time for harvest. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. There's a few, of, uh, <clears throat> a few sleepers in the barn, but I'm telling you, most of us are ready to stick this sickle in and turn the tractor on. Praise God, there's a harvest. For the Lord has not missed you, or he has not lost you, nor has he misplaced his desire for you. You are on target, on time, in place, and you are ready now to hear the bell ring and to hit the Hit the trail and do the job. Praise God. Oh, mandre manjera makato sotramandai. For the Lord has targeted you to win. There's a bullseye on your back and front, and it's the target of God. For he has targeted you to win. He has targeted you to overcome. And I break the power of discouragement and I come against the thing that's come against your mind and against your heart and against your thinking and against your understanding and you think that the day is gone, the day is over, yet it's too late. God says it's never too late in me. I have targeted you to win. I have targeted you to have a miracle. I have targeted you to be healed. I have targeted you to be an overcomer in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. For the Lord has not missed his purpose for you. You are on target, on time, 
and in season, says the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Good word. Amen. That's a good word. Amen. Can I hear a, I receive it, Lord, in Jesus' name. That's a good word. Now, prophecy works. <clears throat> prophecy is not just the foretelling of some predestined event. Prophecy is not just the, the speculating or some kind of like a, like a, you know, like a, a witch's brew where we, 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 can, we can get the crystal ball out and we can see down the road. Prophecy is not just the foretelling of a future event. Prophecy is the exposure of God's desire for his people. Prophecy opens up the, opens up the heart for faith. When I hear the, pro the prophetic word of the Lord, I've got faith that God's got his hand on me and he's got a purpose in me. Amen. Amen. And because the word of the Lord's come, because the prophetic word of the Lord has come to me, whether it's through the prophet or through the scriptures or through the teacher or through my own inner man where God speaks to me in the night or in my prayers, that's the prophetic, that's the spirit of God speaking to me. When he speaks to me like that, I can take a hold of it then and I can walk it out and I can say the Lord has spoken to me and the Lord has said to me and God has taken authority in my life. Now I tell you this, my brothers and sisters, there's prophetic word in this house that I want you to take a hold of and I want you to walk it out and I don't want you to cross your arms and say well if he's a true prophet he'll come to pass those kind of people never get anything from God it's the it's the guy who says <clears throat> I believe the prophet praise God what does the scripture say believe the prophet and prosper amen not just me believe the prophetic word of God to you hallelujah well good morning amen <laughs> Good morning. The anointing is here, and where the anointing is, the Spirit of God is ready to do a work. Let me ask you a question as I begin to break the word open. Let me ask you a question. Is the Bible a, a history book, or it is a living book to you? Now, <clears throat> this isn't a theological question. This is a personal question. I'm going to ask you again, and I want you to answer it to yourself. Is the Bible, this Paper and ink right here, with leather bound for me. Is the Bible a living book or a history book? Now, how you approach this is how we're gonna how the outcome of your life and this day is gonna be. If you're approaching this book as a history book, and it is a history book, it's a wonderful history book. I mean, they find all kinds of wonderful history in here. And there's a, there's a line by line and a day by or year by year, generation by generation history of people in this book. Now, it is a history book, but is it a history book to you or it is a living book? Now, a living book is something that when you open it up, you hear it and it speaks to you. A living book has life that springs out of it. Now the Bible says, the words that I speak unto you are spirit and life. Now is that when Jesus, is that when Jesus shows up in physical form or vision only? Or is it when I break the book open? How, how, is that, how, is that, how does that life come to me? The Bible says in Hebrews 4, the word of God is quick. That means, that, that, word, that word quick is when you stick the knife down in your cuticle. That's the quick. You can feel the life of that thing, the pain of that thing. That's, that's called the quick. The Word of God is living. It's quick, it's living, and it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, I'm, I'm not preaching yet. I'm just I'm opening up my spirit here for a minute. I want you to get this. If the, if the Bible has developed into your life 50 years, 40 years, 30 years in the church as a history book, you need to say, God, make it a living book to me. Now, 
Now let's dramatize this just a little bit. Let's see it in picture form. When I open the pages, my, what's left of my hair blows back in the wind. Praise God. <sighs> Out of the pages of this paper and ink leap life, truth, majesty, destiny, wisdom. It's, it, the life of God is in this book. Let me show you something. Lazarus was raised from the dead historically through this book. But it wasn't just a history lesson. It was a seed of revelation that I could raise the dead and the dead could be raised. It was the beginning. It was just the diagram, the seed form of what God would do to the body of Christ and in the body of Christ. Mary Magdalene comes along and she's delivered from devils and forgiven as a prostitute. Was that a history? Was that just his wonderful history? Or was it the seed or the form of God coming through and telling me that prostitutes can be healed and demon-infested people can be delivered? That's the seed. That's the living book. So when I open this book, out comes an image that I haven't seen before. It's a God who loves me. It's a God who delivers me. It's a God. We're, the only, we're the only believing body of people that have a God who loves them. Every other God demands and beats around and kills them. We have a loving God who forgives us. <laughs> Amen. We don't have some Middle Eastern God or foreign God that's out after our kids and to kill our cows and we don't, you know, we don't burn the smoke right. We have a God who forgives us. How do I know that? Out of this living book, I see the example of God coming through. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ came to represent the Father. He says, everything I do, Father's doing. And I see him healing the sick and forgiving people feeding the poor and the healing the blind and ministering to the children. That's the God I'm serving. Amen. So when I go to bed at night, I don't go to night sweats, you know, worried and wonder if God's going to attack me in the night. We, we used to sing that old, that old church song. Standing somewhere in the shadows you'll find Jesus. And as a kid, I used to see him in a ski mask, you know, hiding in the closet, ready to pounce on me. And I knew he was because I was ready to sin. I mean, I was going to sneak around and do something. He's going to catch me at it. But Jesus isn't hiding in the closet. He's the God of mercy. Amen. So when I come to the book this morning, I'm going to open it to a couple of pages. And out of it, it's going to speak to you about destiny and purpose. Praise God. Now, let's settle this right now so I can go on and preach. If God was out to get you and kill you, you'd have been dead in the parking lot. So that's over, right? He's not going to do it. So don't be going down that road this morning. If he's going to get out, if he was going to kill you for your past sins, he'd have done it. So with that in the past, let's deal with mercy today. Let's get some grace going. Amen. You say, well, I don't know get too much grace, you might get wild and might not do the right thing. Oh, I tell you. I've been around the world more times than I can count. And I've sat in foreign hotels and restaurants and I've walked the streets of foreign lands alone. I've been in some pretty wicked places. And I've never fornicated one time. You know why? Not because my wife's so mean, but because I love her. And the power of that love keeps me walking 
down the road of truth. Amen. I love God not because he's so mean, but because he's so loving. He loves me. Amen. Now, go with me just for a few moments. And I, I don't preach sermons. I minister and apply truth. And what I'm going to do today, I'm going to open a door for things to happen here. I'm going to teach a word. I'm going to lay out scripture. But I'm not preaching a sermon. I'm not giving you information. I'm giving you direction. This is not, you know, this is not multiple choice. This is, you've called in the prophet of God. I have a word from the Lord. I'm standing here with direction, obviously with submission to your pastor. And it's not some kind of crazy attitude. But when I, when I release this, there's going to be doors of opportunity open in this house. There's going to be financial changes. There's going to be supernatural things happen to your children. There's going to be con- con- conversions in family members that you thought were impossible. God is going to shift the stratosphere and the, and the, and the, and the, the ground like an earthquake. And we're going to see changes in the outcome from this day on. I want you to take note of it. Praise the Lord. You say, we're awful bold. <clears throat> Yes, I think I am. Hallelujah. Now, go with me just for a moment. I want, to, I, want to give you, I want to give you some steps. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Have I smiled enough yet this morning? Amen. <laughs> Sometimes I get a little serious. Amen. I told the Sunday school class, a friend of mine came to me. I had known about five, six years. Met him in, in a church like this. He said, George, he says, he says, I love you, but you can, sometimes you scare me. <laughs> I said, well, I have to remember to smile more when I'm preaching. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> find my scripture here. Ma- Matthew 6, 8. That's what I want to start with. Oh, hallelujah. Matthew 6, 8. Is, is, is the Bible a history book or a living book? Lord, make it living this morning. Let it leap out at me. Let me hear the voice of God speak through the pages of this book. Hallelujah. 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 This is a great scripture. Before you even ask, while you're even asking, before you even ask, I'm already hearing you. And while you're asking, the answer is on the way. Let's collect them now. Come on. Bring them together. I mean, all of you have got your own little corral here. You're bringing in the things that are floating out there that you've asked and kind of, they're in, you know, floating. Bring them in. We're going to reprocess them again because God says, I've already heard you. And while you're asking, the answer is on the way. Isaiah 65 has a sister scripture. Before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Now, God, who is predisposed to supply. God, who is presupposed. In other words, ahead of time, before we even ask, he's already predisposed to supply our needs. He's, he's in advance of me asking. Think about it for a moment. You thought it was your idea to ask God. God's already supplied before you ask. That's how marvelous this whole wonderful mystery of salvation and faith is. 
before I was asking, God already pre-supplied my asking. I was out rearranging some man stuff in my man cave the other day, and I came across a box of nails that were in an old cardboard box that was deteriorating, and I wanted to condense it because there was just few handfuls in the bottom. And you know, men, if you're a carpenter, or at least you want to be a carpenter, you don't throw any nails away because you're going to need them someday. And so there they are. And these suckers had been in that box 10 years at least. And so I looked around, I found an old tin can, and I said, well, that's good, I'll fill these nails. And, and so I tried to fill, and, and there was too much for the can, and I said, what am I going to do now? And in the bottom of the box... Covering up the hole in the bottom of the box is a paper sack, just the right size to hold my nails. And I opened it up and put them in. And God spoke to me and said, son, that paper sack's been waiting there 10 years because I knew you were going to need a paper sack. You say, God, God only, he deals with Iraq, you know, and Cuba. No, he deals with my paper sack. God is predisposed to supply my needs before it happens. Now, why don't I see that? Because I'm too concentrated on my miserable life. I'm too, I'm too angry at the world. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm cussing life, and I'm, I'm ready to strike somebody because I'm not getting my job done. No, God's already supplied and already walked ahead of you. He is determined before you ask to supply it, and while you're asking, the supply is on the way. Now, this is a truth that needs to be taken and embraced and walked out in faith and confessed and believed and lived in until it's part of our fiber and we know that we know. Paul says, and I love to, I, I, just, I, just feel the, I just feel the physics of it, you know. Paul, I, I love reading Paul out of the Amplified. It's a little more personal. He says, I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded. I know I'm not real big and impressive, but let me do it again. I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is here we go again I know you see there's a there's something comes in my spirit that I know I have not awakened one time in the last 10 years you'll you'll be you appreciate this I have not awakened one time in the last 10 years and screamed out oh my god I'm losing my salvation not once isn't that a miracle you say well big deal neither have I why because I know in whom I have believed you say, well, well, if you know that, well, uh, I wish I knew I had peace. I wish I knew I was going to be supplied. I wish I knew I wasn't going to die of some dread disease. How can I know that? There's a truth that begins to come in my spirit that God says, he will supply my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Yeah, but I don't have a big bank account and a fat wallet, but God says he will supply. Why? Because I know, I know why. I mean, he's predisposed to supply my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, isn't that great? Praise God. I don't mean the sermon. I mean God. Praise God. Sermon's not bad either, but God's great. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have to diagram my jokes in the first service. And it's just <laughs> what could God do with people that just receive his grace? Amen. But Lord, this is why you can't supply my need because I'm such a cretin. These are all my sins and my problems. 
He said, who are you talking about? I don't recognize that. Yeah, but look, Lord, remember last week, last month, last year? These are the things I did. This is why I can't receive anything from you because I'm such a bad person. God says, I don't recognize that. I think I buried that thing, didn't I, sometime? Somewhere in my forgetfulness, I buried all that. I don't remember you like that. All I see is you, blood-bought, born again, saved by my son's cross experience and blood, and redeemed. I see you as a redeemed person. Praise God. Now, I know, I know, you're having a problem relating to, to, to perfect me. I, I realize that, and that's a challenge. I know that. <clears throat> I have to diagram my jokes again. Okay, you have, <laughs> give me a break. You do that to preachers. You do that to, to holy men of God, quote unquote. You, you, we have our heroes and we say, oh, I can never be like that. No, you can be like Jesus. You can be like Jesus. You can be like, you are like Jesus. You are the image of Christ on earth. You have the same heartbeat. You have the same blood flow. You have the same DNA. You have the same father. You are the image of God on earth. And with that, I walk boldly, not as some, you know, special person in the kingdom of God, but as George Watkins redeemed, I walk boldly into the throne room of grace and find help in the time of need. Praise God. (laughs) Here I am again, God, Father, Daddy, praise God. Now, before you ask, God answers. Before you ask, God answers. The Holy Spirit wants me to remind us that there's supply in this house. And I'm going to say it a couple times, and I'm going to lay out a couple of tracks for you to run on. Because there's supply in this house for everything God's promised you. There's supply in this house for you to do the job God's called you to do and to be what this church is intended to be. And God's predisposed. He's already set it into. You know the reasons. You know the reason the the Nazi army could dominate Africa. <clears throat> you see the chain that keeps the armies in supply in the old days. I don't know how the new armies work, but in the old days, in the Second World War, they had to have a supply line. You remember that? They had to have a supply line. What? Why the Nazis dominated Africa for so long is because they went into Africa in the 30s and they buried their supplies around those oases secretly. So they, had, they, they needed no supply line. They didn't have to have any trucks running across the desert with gasoline. All they had to do was dip into that predisposed, predeposited supply. And God says, I have supplied all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. It is done already. You don't have to work it up or earn it. You don't have to hustle around trying to put your checks in. God says it's there waiting for you. Praise God. Amen. Now, if that's the case then, preacher, how does it work? Well, let me give you three, three ways God does the job. There's supply in this house. Three ways God does the job. Number one, in 2 Kings 4 and 2, the supply is revealed. This is the story. This is the story of nothing in the house. I have nothing in the house. Remember the widow woman? She seems like she was married to the associate pastor. He was working for the prophet, and he died without any money. And she comes to the prophet and says, what are, you, what are you going to do to help me live? I don't have any money to live. And the prophet said this, what's in your house? Now, listen to the conversation here to see if we can find a, find a key for us. 
What's in your house? She said this. All I have in my house is just this little bottle of oil. Now, she, she saw something that she diminished in her sight. It was diminished in her sight. All she saw was a little bottle of oil. The prophet saw the key for her supply. Now, you and I have to have a revelation. It's in your house. It's already predisposed. It's already there. You don't have to struggle to get it. God says it's there. But how can I see it? By revelation. God's going to reveal some things in this church, in your family, in your job, in your career, whatever you need. God's going to reveal something that is going to turn the key for you, and you're going to see suddenly the supply. Praise God. I had a, a man tell me a story the other day about, uh, about a stack of, he bought a stack of, of uh, radiators for cars. Had them out in the back, and I'm shortening the story quite a bit. And when push come to shove and when crises came, he discovered that there was a bunch of those radiators in there that were from the Second World War, and they had silver in them. And he discovered that each one of those radiators were so valuable that when he, he took them and did what he wanted, his whole supply happened, and it was sitting out in the back of decaying metal in the back of his house. There's something in your life, there's a jar of oil in your life somewhere that God will reveal to you. Now you say, oh, no, 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 I don't have anything. This is a spiritual journey we're on. This is a faith walk we're on. We're not dealing with the natural now. We're not looking around and cursing the day we were born. We're saying God's got a purpose for me, and he's predisposed, he's put something in my life ahead of time. Every one of you can tell me a story where you've discovered something that changed the day. Every one of you could tell me a story of something that you found along the way that made the difference. Amen? When I find a bolt or a nut or a screw, I know some, I pick it up because there's somewhere I'm going to use that sucker. I'm going to need that thing. The door's going to fall off if I don't have that. Why? Because God's got me so sensitive about this that he's dropping things in front of me or at least let me find them so that before I need the screw or the bolt, I'm going to have it in my hand. What's in your hand? What's in your life? What's in your life that you can use? <clears throat> Was it Moses that had, the, that had the, the staff in his hand and threw it down? He said, what's in your hand? Just a staff. Throw it down. It became the supernatural thing God used. Amen. I'm asking you to look in your house. There's gifts in you that you don't think are anything but a little jar of oil. There's things God's put in your spirit. There's things down in your soul you think you would like to do, but you think that's just a little jar of oil. But I tell you, if you'll see it through God's eyes, it'll be the change of destiny for you. Number one, God supplies the need by revelation by revelation. Wouldn't we like to be the guy that discovers some Van Gogh in a, in a, uh, in a, uh, a, a $10 swap meet? I mean, we hear about those things, don't we? Some guy buys an old lamp, it turns out to be a Tiffany shade worth 10,000 bucks. Oh, that's great. Every one of you have a treasure sitting right in your front room, right in the middle of your spirit. There's things in your inner man that God has deposited there that God says, now's the time. Take that thing out. It's going to supply your need. Number one, God takes something and he reveals it. There's supply in this house. And when he begins to supply, look out. Praise God. 
You know the only thing that stopped the flow of oil was her inability to get any more containers? <laughs> Amen. Amen. You, you know the only thing that stopped the flow of oil was her ability, her inability to get any more vessels. And as soon as the last vessel was filled, you know what that tells me? 1901 or two or three, somewhere along in there, the head, the guy that was leading or, you know, the head chief of the invention department, the, I mean the copyright and the, you know, the patent department in America said, we might as well close this sucker down because there can't be any more inventions. I mean, we've invented so much. How could there be any more inventions come our way? Now, that was stupid, wasn't it? Pretty stupid. But he said it because he believed that how could man get any smarter? How could we dream up any more gadgets? <clears throat> there was a fellow sitting around about the late of the 1800s, and he was fiddling around for about 15 minutes with a piece of wire about that long. Had his feet up on the desk. He was kind of a dreamer. And he began to twist the wire around, look at it, and twist it again, and look at it. And he came out with a paper clip. <clears throat> I've got a paper clip on my shade in my hotel room. It won't go together by itself. And so it's open about that far, and I don't want people peeking in at me while I'm visiting with angels. You know how it goes. And <clears throat> Amen. Thank you for that token laugh over here. Um, <clears throat> and so I've got a paper clip on my curtain. Now that old boy came up with an idea that changed everything for me and for you was the paper clip. <clears throat> You know, it's about 1895 or 1885, somewhere along in there, that somebody come up and invented the, the, uh, the uh, staple gun, staple machine. You know that little thing you pound and it puts paper together? Well, you couldn't have an office without that. You know, it was almost 100 years later before somebody came up with a staple remover. <clears throat> 100 years before. I've, be I've broken fingernails that you can't believe, trying to get those suckers out and teeth, and got my knife out, somebody comes along. Now, where was that waiting? It was right behind, it was already supplied, it was right beyond what I can think. This, I can't think of anything else, but right here is another invention, another idea. I'm telling you, spiritually, God's got a place for this house that you can't even imagine. There's things you can't even dream of. You think you, may, you have your mind and your spirit and your emotions and your joy all filled up. God says, I'm, I can do exceedingly. I love those amplified words. I can do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond. I just, you know, I like to float around a little bit doing that. Beyond all you can ask. That's God speaking to me about my mind and thinking. What does God want to do for me? I can do better than that. I'm going to think real hard. Better than that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Dream the dream. Think the thought with me. You say, well, I, uh, you know, I'm just old and tired and I'm wore out. <laughs> Join the crowd, folks. Glory to God. That's why we have faith. Hallelujah. God is the refresher and the restorer. And I, I didn't appreciate that. I didn't appreciate that scripture until I hit about 60 where he's, you know, like the eagle, he would renew my youth. <laughs> I had plenty of youth when I was 40, but, you know, now I need that youth scripture. Praise God. Now, he supplies by revelation. And then he comes along and he supplies the second, the second step in our supply that he does is by multiplication. Second, uh, 1 Kings 17, the prophet comes to the widow and all she has is enough to live, to eat the last meal and die. I love this. Because it gives me real, real encouragement to take another offering. <laughs> 
Praise God. He comes in, takes a couple of offerings. Now, if this ever hit the news, it was on CNN, I'm telling you, the, the preacher would be run out of town. Takes the last meal right out of the mouth of a dying widow and orphan. Can you imagine what that sounds like to the world? But to God, he was turning the tide for this woman. Somehow, in the, in the, in the predisposed supply of God, God was going to supply the prophet, and God was going to supply the widow, all in the same stroke, and it was there in the multiplication factor. Now, first of all, I have the revelation factor, and second of all, I have the multiplication factor going for me, so the thing that I do have will multiply and grow. Hallelujah. Don't you love the missionary stories about the chicken and the pop that fed the, you know, the 500 uh, people at convention or something? We love those stories, and they're real. I've seen it happen in my gas tank. I've seen it happen in my wallet. <laughs> my wallet's a miracle wallet. It keeps growing money. I don't know if it's legal or not, but somehow it just keeps going. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Don't be afraid to laugh at me. Glory to God. All right. Now. You and I, number one, God will reveal. Number two, God will multiply. The multiplication factor is amazing to see what God would do. I mean, you've seen it happen in this house. You've watched this church multiply in various forms. You've watched God do miracles here. And there were times in the last few years you looked at this place and you wonder, how can we make another week? And suddenly God comes along, stirs the pot, you scrape the bottom one more time, and you go back and look in, and there's another batch of meal. How does that happen? That's the multiplication factor, and God's always doing it. He's always doing it. He's always doing it. Hallelujah. I didn't think I had anything. That I've, look what I found in the closet, Myrtle. I didn't know I had this. I, I forgot I hid that. I hid this money or this, you know, this piece of, I didn't know I had. That's God's multiplication factor. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, somewhere down the bottom of your spirit, there ought to be a stir going on. <laughs> Amen. I got my big paddle out, you know, stirring this thing up. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gifts. Stir it up. I can do that. We need to be little choo-choo trains this morning. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Why? Because he will reveal and he will multiply. Now, the third, the third one is out of Matthew. And this one, <clears throat> this one is a marvelous thing that God will do for us. And uh, the setting is in, uh, is in uh, well, let's try John 21. That works too. <clears throat> John 21 and 6, Jesus, the disciples have gone back to, to fishing because Jesus has, been, has gone now. In their, in, their th in their thinking, he's gone. And as they're fishing, they fished all night and caught nothing. As they're fishing, they hear a voice come across the waves. Children, do you have any, any meat? Any, have you caught any fish, rather? And they said, no, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Now, dear ones, I say this with all kindness and respect and all humility as a servant of God that I'm so pleased to be here. But let me ask you, have you been saying that lately in your own life, maybe even in this church? We have labored and look, we're not catching what we think we ought to be catching. I don't mean we haven't caught anything, but I mean we have expectation. We ought to, you know, we ought to be big. We ought to do this. We ought to do that. We have fished all night and caught nothing. Now, I want to take you through a step, and then I'm going to pray for you. Because God's going to release some mighty, mighty things in your spirits. Listen. Jesus spoke to them, and they responded with this examination of themselves. And they said, we've, had, we've caught nothing. There's nothing here that we can, we can use 
And he says, I want you to throw it on the other side of the boat. Now, there's a four-foot distance between one side of the boat and the other, maybe five or six. And in that space, I, I, I would think, reasonably, I would think fish could swim six feet. I mean, if they're not on this side, why in the world? And logically says they're not on that side. I mean, if we've, if we've fished this side, if we've witnessed this way, if we've prayed this way, if we've had the church open this way, if we've done all we know to do this way, why would we do it this way when God says do it this way? There's a story out of Argentina. They've had a revival going on for a long, long time, 20, 30 years. And at the beginning of it, they tell me a story, and I take it as truth. There was a little Wednesday night prayer meeting, like we've been in so often. And in the middle of that prayer meeting, one of the ladies in the back row, or in the back, God spoke to her and said, if you'll go, I want you to go knock three times on the communion table. And she said, why? Well, just do it. And she wrestled around, and finally she wandered up there, and she knocked. And when the third strike of the hand hit the table, the anointing of God came down in that church, and the Spirit of God came that we pray for all the time, and we feel occasionally, you know, different levels, but that was the beginning of what we know as the Argentine revival. Now, it happened when someone heard the word of the Lord and obeyed the word of the Lord and simply did something like going from one side of the boat to the other side of the boat. So, number one, when God spoke, God said, Jesus said, Cast your nets on the other side of the boat. Now, when they did that, they, they, caught, uh, they caught 153 fish. Now, <clears throat> there's some reason why they gave us that number. I, I don't know if I have it totally down, but I tell you there's a reason. And so they came back to the shore. Meanwhile, some, somewhere along the way, they discover it's Jesus. And Jesus when, they, when Jesus, when they get back to the shore, Jesus already has a fish on the fire. And I thought to myself... I don't ever remember Jesus fishing, do you? He's not a, he's a carpenter. I don't think he's a fisherman. I'm not saying he couldn't fish, and he didn't fish, but the Bible never spoke of him as fishing. Where'd he get that fish? And I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking he created that fish. I'm thinking it was a miracle fish. I mean, I think, I think in those terms, so you can give me the license for that. He had, a, he had a miracle fish, but listen to what he said. Listen to what he said. He said, bring your fish and put it on the fire, and together with my fish, I'm adding that part, We'll have breakfast. And I'm calling this church. If you want, you want the Spirit of God, you want the things of God, get your fish now. Bring it to the fire. There's something we have to do to get this breakfast going. And there's a breakfast going to happen here in this house when I get my fish out of my container into God's fire. Now, what's that fish? It's the things God does for you. It's the, it's the vision you have. It's the passion you have. It's the, it's the gifts you have. It's the hunger you have. It's the heart you have for the house and the church and the kingdom. It's the sacrifices you make. It's that fish. I'm bringing my fish and putting it on the fire, Lord. And Jesus said, you bring your fish. I got my fish already. We'll mix it together. And we'll have supper. We'll have breakfast. You ready for that? You ready for the anointing of the Lord? to change the course of events in your life. Number one, it's revealed. That jar of oil is there sitting somewhere in your shelf. Number two, it's multiplied. We scrape the bottom so often I've got slivers in my fingertips. I'm wondering if there's another food coming, another meal coming. Number three, God will take your inabilities and multiply them, give you fish to fry. But I'm telling you, if you want to eat with Jesus, you don't take those fish to the supermarket and sell them. You bring them in, give one to Jesus.
Maybe that's a tithing scripture for us. I don't know. <laughs> Give one to Jesus, and we're going to have food in the house. I prophesy food in the house, Lord. I prophesy miracles in the house. I prophesy supernatural events. I prophesy unusual things to take place in business. I prophesy contracts to be signed. I prophesy buildings to start in the middle of famine. You know my, one of my favorite scriptures, Lord? I've said it so often. In the midst of famine, Isaac sowed and reaped a hundredfold. He was in the midst of a famine. He was, in, he was in a time when everything was a downturn. The houses were down and the jobs were down. And he sowed in the midst of famine and God brought him through with a miracle. I speak that to this house today. <clears throat> I say to some of you that are struggling in your businesses and in your jobs, there's a jar of oil waiting for you to be discovered. There's a barrel of meal waiting to be multiplied, and God's going to bring you together with a multiplied harvest, and you're going to say, what has the Lord done in my life? It's a supernatural event. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You hear the, you, you hear the creaking door that's been sealed opening? <laughs> that's the door of faith and expectation that God is opening in our hearts this morning. Oh, God, there is hope. Oh, God, there is change. Oh, God, there's something bigger than I've ever seen before in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Number one, the jar of oil. Number two, the scraping of the barrel turns into a miracle. Number three, that fishing trip turns into a supernatural download of blessing and supply. I've labored all night and caught nothing. And in the twilight of my years, suddenly I get a catch that's bigger than I can dream. I, uh, the, old, the old statement, somebody was had instant success and only took them 20 years to find it. God's got a miracle for you this morning. Amen. God's got a miracle for you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's let the Spirit of God stir us. God, we're not intimidated. Good morning, dear. What's your name? Can I pray for you, Nelly, and just speak a word over you? Amen. Amen. If there's ever been a lightning rod in this house and in the kingdom of God, you are. If there's ever been something God comes to first, shows up first, and comes through your door before many doors, I want you to hear that. I want you to know that's true. Because you struggle sometimes with wondering... You know, if you're striking fire, but you have a heart that draws God in. It's like a, it's like a sweet perfume to God. When He smells it, He comes right in for you. And I want you to hear. I want you to know that God's heart is so close to you, and just beats like a father's heart. And I bless you with that. But I want to tell you this: the days ahead of you are greater and different than you've ever imagined. And to, to show this, he's going to give you some physical signs, like people and some miracle things to happen. I mean, you've prayed a long time, and you're a faithful worshiper in prayer, but he, he comes along and he shows us things because we, he knows we need it. He knows we, 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 we like to see signs, and he's going to show you some signs. And it's going to be in the form of individuals, somebody close, close to you, some in a, maybe family or friend that's going to have come to you, and God's going to use you to change their life. Pray for them. And it's going to, it's going to be a healing, a physical healing. And 
fin- and, and a uh, miracle here. Amen. So be ready for it. Now, what this does, now I'm speaking to all of us, this is body life, this is your family. What this does, it's going to open you for a whole new fishing trip. I mean, you have never caught fish like you're in a catch, and you're going to see supernatural things. Tell me, your, tell me, tell me some of your, uh, just, just a question here about your background. Are, are you, have you had dreams and visions in the past? All right. I, I suspected that. That's how you walk, but I'm telling you, they're going to be sharper and clearer. And uh, it's going to be refreshed. You're going to come back. And sometimes you doubt if they're really, you know, really on target. But God's going to talk to you about that. And he's going to start dreaming. Now start writing it down. Start writing these things down so you can make note of what God's saying. Amen. Now you see how, how this works is God gives a dream to my sister or a vision. And she presents it to us as a body. And, and it, it speaks to us doesn't lead us, you know, it's not, but then somebody else comes along with a prayer, somebody else comes along with a doctrine, and suddenly we have the voice of God in this house, amen, amen, and I bless you, my sister, in Jesus' name, glory to God, glory to God. We were in worship, and when we were in worship, it was like there was a funnel, like a whirlwind right over your head, coming down, like you'd see in 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 the wheat fields where there's a twister, Right over your head. Now, now that doesn't pr- promote her to some kind of physical and, you know, earthly status. But spiritually, God says you're a lightning rod. Praise God. Praise God. Isn't that something? I'm telling you, the Lord is pre- predisposed and supplied just enough. There's enough material on this building site to build the building. Amen. There's enough lumber. There's enough nails. Praise God. Praise God. Stand up, my brother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Oh my, amen. When he stood up, the side of the building just kind of creaked. It was like the pillars, it stood up. And I'm telling you, there's strength in your spirit that you don't even imagine. There's things that God has called you to that you don't, you don't know and you haven't, you're almost, in, um, uh, you're intimidated or at least you're, you're, uh, you're not a, a boaster so you wouldn't even maybe come up with it. But God has you in not only this church, but in your world to lift up and hold up people that are so weak and without your strength, they're not going to make it to the, to the answer. They're not going to make it to the shelter if you don't have, a, have, have that strength in your life. And I'm telling you, when you stand up, when you come to, the, to face-to-face, I mean like stand up to the thing that God has for you, there is a change in people's lives. And if, I, if, if God would show me, and we'd had a little personal time, I could probably do a track record of people that you've touched over the years that you've made such a difference with, and you forgot some of them. But I tell you, that's not going to be anything compared to the future. God's going to use you to change the course of lives for individuals. Not in the, maybe the public way, but in the personal, where you interact with people. Hallelujah. You say, well, I've only got a, one little scrape of, of meal in the bottom of my barrel. And God says, it's enough to do the job. You watch the miracle happen. If you give out what you have, you watch it multiply. If you just share what you share and, and encourage and lift up, you watch it multiply in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Now, <clears throat> many of my prophetic words and, and the way that I usually am anointed is for an encourager and a strengthener. Amen. I'm not a predictor. Many times, most of the time I'm not. Sometimes the Lord will reveal a future event. But most of the time God has called me to speak a word of God 
an encouraging prophetic word into your life. And how he does it many times is he gives a word of, of, of knowledge to give, a, to give a, an, eye, an indication that he sees inside of your spirit. He knows who you are. And then he speaks a prophetic word. That prophetic word is the encouraging side of it. This is what I have for you, my son, he says. And then he says, I've got, I've got miracle working power for you. You're going to change the lives of people. I can almost see a face. You can almost see the face of a young man in his 40s. And um, you may all, you probably already interact with him. But I, I tell you, you're going to change the course of his life by being just who you are. Amen. Just be who you are. Let your light so shine. Doesn't have to be a big pulpit thing or, you know, loudspeakers. Just let your light shine. And you're going to watch him come into the kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, the, the, the spirit of anointing is here. The direction's a little different than I usually do at the end of a service. But this is the directions God's given me. I'm just going to speak encouragement to you. Let the anointing of the Lord speak to us just for a short time here. Hallelujah. 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 Stand up, sister, just for a moment. Would you just in, as, as, as we tune into what God has here for you? Glory to God. A cook in the kitchen is not a real marvelous example of, especially when we come to our precious <clears throat> women, wives, and mothers who cook so much. But I see you cooking in the kitchen, and and I say that so <clears throat> so people understand God uses simple terms. But <clears throat> it's not working out. In other words, the cookie burns, the cookies burn, or the cake doesn't rise. And I see you throw it away. And uh, you start over again. God says, do it again. God says, do it again. God says, do it again. That cake will rise and that cookie will be fine. It'll be perfect. Do it again. Amen. Do not be weary in well-doing. Do it again. Hallelujah. You could almost do it in your sleep. In the past, it seems like it's not doing it. God says, do it again. You watch me perform a miracle, he says. I'm going to bring it forth. A marvelous cake, marvelous cookies in the pan. People are going to say about your cooking and your cookies and cake, it couldn't be any better. Where'd you get this recipe? Tell me how to cook this cake because I wanted to cook it like that myself. And you're going to find a new dimension of life, spiritual life, and phys even physical life in the sense of Finding a passion like you really never had maybe for a while. And it's going to change the whole out, outlook of life. It's going to change your whole imagination because you're going, to, you're going to be drawn into a place of supply. You're going to be touching people and ministering people and helping people. Amen. And you're going to, you're going to feel like you're important to the kingdom of God. I can tell you you're important, but we need to feel like we're important. We need to know we're God's center here. And I say this as, as, a, as a prophetic word. You watch the day come. They're going to come to you and say, how do you do that? How do you cook that cake? In other words, how do you have that home? How do you do the children? How do you love God? How do you be forgiven? And you're going to tell them. You're going to teach them how to bake their own cakes. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let me ask you this. Does that witness with your heart?
Is that a word that does something? Yeah. Okay. So now, prophecy will witness down inside. And <clears throat> it's not something up here, but it's something in here. And what happens when we have a prophetic word, then we say, Lord, give me the understanding. And <clears throat> when, a pro- when, a, when a prophet prophesies, I prophesy through, through uh, uh, prophecy, the word of wisdom, and the word of knowledge. Those three, three, three targets, three, three tools. And <clears throat> the word of wisdom, or the word of knowledge comes along and talks about something personal. The word of wisdom gives me from, by the Holy Ghost, not by my own experience, by the Holy Ghost, gives me the understanding of that. And then prophecy speaks that thing into life. So that's what we've done today. And I've spoken that thing into life. Now, now when you believe the prophet and prosper, when you say, Lord, the, the, the prophetic word of God said this, so I take it by faith, then you watch that, it'll develop, and it'll come to pass. Amen. Now, some prophecies are, uh, you know, you were walking down the road, and there you were under the tree like Nathaniel. Oh, yeah, boy, that's, I, I was there. But some prophecies are creative. And what we've done, we've created something for you today. Hallelujah. You agree with me? Good. That's faith. Together we can do this. Praise God. Praise God. Just hold your spirit steady for a moment. Amen. Amen. Now, tonight, after we've been introduced and the Spirit of God's been uh, flowing a little bit, there will be a, a, a different type of flow for prophetic word. And I've got a word, a teaching word tonight. But I just have sensed all day long or all week long that tonight we're going to have more of a flexibility and there will be a, a stronger anointing for prophecy and, and for, for that type of ministry. But uh, this, is a, this is just a stirring, an encouraging stirring this morning. Amen. I'm feeling my spirit being encouraged as I'm speaking these words to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a sister here on the front row. Can I just pray a prayer over you? Amen. Amen. Lord, I gently, as a tender gardener, lay hands on this precious one, and I ask the Lord to water and nurture and encourage this precious lady. Lord, she's a, she's a, uh, she's one who takes in and records and keeps track of God's stuff. She, uh, she remembers and she notes, takes note. Amen. Right beside you on that pad is things you've written down for today, but you have a lot of those things stuck around that you have taken down. And God says, I have put you in the body of Christ and you are one of my rememberers. Lord, remember what you said about this church. Remember what you said about my family. Remember what you said about my life and future. And God says, I remember. I'll bring it to pass. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 There's a a really a a deep stream flowing this morning. Some, some anointings and services are, are more uh, uh, outward, where we have a lot of different types of outward emotions. I'm feeling a deep work of the Holy Ghost, and sometimes that's a little more hidden. 
And there's an anointing, very strong anointing. And I feel that in this lady right now, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Don't you let people judge you by your outward experiences. God's got too much treasure in you to let it go to waste. Amen. There's too much in you to not be the, the, the ring on his finger, the necklace around his neck. You're a jewel in God's heart. Hallelujah. 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 Now, <clears throat> I'm not going to take the time this morning, but, but perhaps tonight, I don't know, but there's, some, there's intercessors in this house, there's prayer warriors, there's soldiers, there's servants. I'm telling you that God has supplied the house for everything we need to do to go over the wall and take this territory for God. Praise the Lord. You have children and grandchildren. You have some of them away from the Lord that aren't serving God. Let's call them home right now. Amen. You've been doing that a long time, but let me just help you. Let me stand alongside of you here. And we're going to we're going to just call them in, and there's probably several of them, but we'll just, we'll just call them as a group and, and, and get their attention again, all right? Amen. Now, Lord, I, I lift this up to you right now, and you know the names and the places of these children, male and female, grand, grand, children and grandchildren. And, Lord, this, this woman is a, is a matriarch. This woman is a seasoned prayer warrior, and her prayers are bottled up and are before the throne. They never go away. And I'm coming alongside her now and encouraging her like the Holy Ghost does. He's, an, he's, a, he's a standby, an encourager, a strengthener, Lord. And I say in the name of Jesus, you that are involved in this family, you children, you pay attention to me now and the Holy Ghost, and you come home. I command you now to hear the word of the Lord, <clears throat> and I speak to you in your, in your waywardness, your rebellion, and your blindness, and I command you now to see God and hear God, and I break the power of deafness, I break the power of blindness, I break the power of rebellion, I, I break it off of you that has caused you to be in bondage, and I loose you to hear the voice of the loving Father now to come back to the Father's house in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, Lord, give us a sign to encourage our faith. Let us have, let's have one or two of those little precious hearts come in. Amen. Whether they're here or another place of healing, let them come in, Lord. And we're going to rejoice. We're going to hear that in the next days and weeks. We're going to say the Lord has begun a, an earthquake of salvation. Hallelujah. Anybody else in this house got some backslidden people? Let's call them in right now in Jesus' name. Just kind of, kind of go to the th throne room right now. I'm not going to even go around and touch you or look at you, but just going to pray here for a moment. Lord, we call in the backslider. We call in the rebellious, Lord, in Jesus' name. There's some children that were raised on these pews that are still in the neighborhood. I'm calling them home in Jesus' name. Lord, there's some people that <clears throat> have backslidden off these benches, and I'm calling them home in Jesus' name. Lord, there's some people that are in rebellion, and they're mad at God. I break the, the sin of that and the power of that in Jesus' name, and I call them back to God's house. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Praise God. You got some, you got some people out there in your families that are bound with, with, with habits, 
I mean, we, there's a whole list of them. I won't name any of them, but you, and, and we're going to pray right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break the power of that thing, and we're going to see some deliverance come, and we're going to see some salvation, and we're going to see some coming back to the Father in Jesus' name. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I stand before the Father now, and I command those bondages to be loosed off of those backsliding hearts and those wayward children and those husbands and wives and uncles and aunts. Lord, in the name of Jesus, they have been captured by the enemy, and then those, those addictive bondages and I command those bondages to be broken in Jesus' name and I loose them from the fetters and the tetters of that in Jesus' name. Come back to the Father. I loose you to be God's children again in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Wow. Wow. There's some, there's some Tremendous victories going on. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can I pray for you guys? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The blessings of the Lord. I see your, is this your first little baby coming? Second? All right. Lord, I, I speak the blessings of the Lord over this couple in Jesus' name. Lord, we never do anything right in life. And we never please everybody. And we pick up a lot of junk. And we end up after a while carrying everybody's opinions. And after a while their opinions become so heavy we can't even enjoy life. And we can't please them because they're miserable anyway. And they're trying to make us miserable. But Lord, all we've been called to do is please you. And come to the Father by faith. And I bring this couple to the Father. And Lord, I ask you to cut off all the choo-choo trains and the railroad cars that are hooked onto them of the past. People's opinions, people's experiences, things that they've been in, in, involved in, Lord, they, have been, they have been brought together for kingdom purpose. And they are here in this house for kingdom purpose. And Lord, you're making them a family for kingdom purpose. And they're raising children for kingdom purpose. And I tell you, in the name of Jesus, son, there's an anointing on you for for increase, and I, uh, you've been under, <clears throat> you've been, you've been really beat up by this economy and this, this, uh, you know, the things that are going on, and there's been some self-doubt and some fear. But I break that thing off your mind. I'm telling you, there's going to be uh, thoughts and inventions and ideas. I don't know if you're a creative guy or not, but you're going to have inventions and ideas that are going to change the course of your life. As you give yourself to the things of God, God's going to give himself to inventive and wise decisions, wise financial moves. You're going to, they're going to say, how did you come up with that? They're going to, you're going to say, I've just been loving God and loving my family and enjoying God's presence. And you watch in these next months, God's going to give you some things that are going to shape and change the course of, of your life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, I lay hands on this precious one for health, healing, wholeness, and strength through her, through her next few months. In the name of Jesus, let her know that she has been designed by God to be his favorite child. And she has been brought to this place in life to give the joy of God to those around her. And I release the joy of the Holy Ghost in her life. Lord, let the anointing of the Holy Ghost break over her mind and spirit. And Lord, through these next few weeks and months in this time of, of birthing and raising this child, let the strength of God be hers. 
Let her feel God's physical strength flow through her body in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You see that? Is that good? Is that a good word for you? Huh? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to be watching you. I'm going to be hanging around the Spirit, kind of eyeballing you and see how you're doing, okay? Praying for you. All right? Praise God. Good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, boy. <laughs> I love the Lord. I love God's stuff. <laughs> Amen. Pastor, I'm just going to put a little stop here and we'll pick it up tonight. But um, I, I, this is this, the stirring of the Lord tonight. We'll just step back in and I, I believe there's going to be a magnification of that anointing. We'll, we'll take more time to minister and see what God has. Praise God. Thank you.